Fuck you, Skip Bayless. So hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. It was a hell of a week too, we've lost a lot of big players and there's a lot of news to get through. So hey, we got Connor here and we got Fitz. Hey. And we're both in Cork. Huzzah! Yep. Clink the wine glasses to show we're in the same room. <laughs> hey. There you go. Fitz Make a note to add that in post, yeah. Oh, yeah. Add that in post, pretend that we're in the same country. Yeah, so it's uh, good fun, good to be down here, good to, good to catch up. It's been quite nine months since yeah. society last yeah yeah jeez I actually didn't even think about that mm. and you know you can it's been lovely in court for the last couple of days and just as Connor makes it down it's about to piss holy rain for about yeah, three hours it looks terrible outside so uh, <laughs> we'll have to possibly find a bar like, that has an indoor section instead of an outdoor yeah. section and my window looks out on a motorway so that's just like even more brilliant so <laughs> Yeah, so it was an exciting set of games we had uh, this weekend just gone. A couple of big surprises that we're going to be getting to, but I suppose we're going to have to start with the giant laundry list of injuries that have uh, have occurred. So obviously the news around this is going to be a lot of people arguing about is this due to the lack of preseason contact training? Many would say, well, they had a game last week, but you know there is that thing of you're not you're not maybe running up at full speed, and maybe in week one everyone wasn't running at full speed, but by week two some are and some aren't, and then that's where you'll see the mismatches. The hardest hit, obviously, are the San Francisco 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa, their superstar pass rusher, is torn his ACL. He's gone for the season. Solomon Thomas, their defensive end, is torn his ACL and he's gone for the season. Richard Sherman is gone for at least three games with a calf strain. Raheem Mosert has injured his knee. He's gone for probably about a game or so. Did we get clarification on Garoppolo's knee injury? Or are we still waiting? It's a sprain. It's uh, week to week. I think they're okay. kind of optimistic at the moment. We'll we'll see on that. Yeah. But it's up in the air right now. But Jimmy G could miss one game, but probably no more than that. Yeah. I suppose a quarterback, those kind of strains, you can kind of play through the more than can, as a wide yeah. receiver or a running back. No, of course. Also, RIP many people's uh, fantasy seasons. <laughs> Saquon Barkley has torn his ACL and he's gone for the season. I believe Christian McCaffrey also has an injury that will be four to six weeks. Michael Thomas is obviously not playing at the moment and we'll talk about it later. You can see the impact that has on that Saints offense. But like, Cortland Sutton's gone for a season. Drew Locke is out for at least two weeks, so they've now signed Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles. Uh, Anthony Barr <laughs> has gone for the season. Trayvon Young has gone for the season. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, and we'll talk about that probably more in the game, but Tyrod Taylor missed the game and is certainly not looking like he's going to get that job back either. Yeah, and uh, I think the clarification on Tyrod, because this was, no one knew this was going to happen when he missed the game in week two. He had a situation where he had a, he was getting an injection for a, for a chest injury mm-hmm. and that apparently had some complications so they had to pull him there. But yeah, they're, they're officially saying right now that he will start. Given the performance out of the young guy and we will talk about it after. The, the leash is going to be pretty short. Uh, yeah. They also lost Mike Pouncey to a hip injury last week as well. That was yeah. confirmed uh, later after our podcast. So obviously there'll be a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of bits and pieces here. There's also some, some, some lower down ones like uh, Bruce Irvin actually that's got a big one for you guys it's gone for the season so is Marquise Blair is less big and uh, Malik Hooker has gone for the season for the Colts Paris Campbell has a strain it's not a tear but no one really knows that's one of those ones that could be three weeks or could be like 12 weeks you know? yeah it's, they're saying he's out for a while might yeah. be back this season could easily end up on IOR this permanent. is a tough tough situation so what we're looking at here is obviously San Francisco is a huge knock to them and their pass rush which was a lot of what their defensive scheme was going to be yeah. based upon 
not to be unkind to some of these teams, so I'm going to brush over some of the ones that are <laughs> less relevant. Denver were looking upstarty, and they still played surprisingly well with the backup under centre. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Jeff Driscoll, but uh, Cortland Sutton being gone takes an element out of that offense. They have Jerry Judy. They, Jerry they got Judy. him in the first round, so uh, he's looked okay. He's had a few two drops in they would have liked, but his, he's been good on, mm. on his uh, routes, which is what he was famed for at the college level. So I imagine he's going to have a pretty big year one um, after Cortland Sutton. They're like, he was supposed to be the wide receiver one as well. No, of course. No, fan to probably get a few extra targets as well Trayvon Young for the Baltimore Ravens obviously hurts that backfield but it is quite a deep backfield they have and they've got good rotation in there yeah, yeah. Seattle is also Bruce Irvin and Marquise Blair obviously Irvin's a bigger loss here yeah so he was playing the uh, third linebacker role which Seattle like to use a lot he, he's kind of mature like he used to be more of a pure pass rusher he's now more of a complete player I think that means that they'll probably end up having to put in their rookie their first round uh, rookie a lot more than they probably wanted to based on the, the preseason mm-hmm. um, and like look like San Francisco like don't forget that they also had lost a load of their wide receivers like yeah. Debo Samuel is on IR right now expected back in a few weeks Brandon Ayok only came back recently George Kittle missed this week mm-hmm. he's expected back uh, you know uh, this week so they're dealing with a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball but the defense major step back we'll see if they can survive and especially because it's hard to know how good they are considering the kind of cupcakes that they've managed to beat up so far and obviously like we said Carolina's running back Christian McCaffrey's gone for a couple of weeks as well but that's not a season ender uh, we had some extensions we had the Rams extended Robert Woods four years 65 million with half of that guaranteed and Tariq Cohen got a three year 17 million dollar deal with 9.5 million guaranteed it's good money for Cohen to be honest uh, but I think is it the worry of uh, Montgomery injuries that's causing that or yeah I think it's that I think he's just got a good role like it, you know it's not like if you were taught like this was a slot receiver you wouldn't mm. be going that's crazy and to be fair Tariq Cohen kind of plays that scat back slot receiver he does yeah, yeah. so I think if you're talking like a lower end wide receiver we wouldn't balk at this money and, and it's kind of reflecting what he is I think yeah. well, given the way he plays the game he doesn't he's as likely to get hurt you know? yeah, can we, you, you gotta load up and keep keep all those uh, players you got like you're two no you're undefeated you gotta keep this train rolling um <laughs> They've also then some signings. Uh, San Francisco have decided to pick the bones of Mo Sanu, the uh, failed trade target of New England Patriots last year. So he's a one-year, $1 million deal and defensive end Ziggy Ansah's in there. Obviously, with the injuries to their defensive line, they need to try and get as many bodies in there as they possibly can at the moment. That's all the major transactions. There's nothing too big in there. In our controversy corner, normally it's the players that we have in here, but this week we've had some issues with some coaches. So three teams have been fined for coaches not wearing masks on the sideline. That's Denver, San Francisco and Seattle. So yeah, think, John Gruden is already pre-apologizing for it on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so, so he might be getting one too. I think my understanding of this is that they're charging, is it 100,000 to the coaches individually and then a quarter of a million to each of the teams? Yeah, so we're already about a million overall in, in fines so far. And like, to be fair... Like it's COVID, take it seriously. Like yeah. there have there has been no players since the season started who've got COVID. There has been a fan from the Kansas City game, mm-hmm. uh, so I think everyone was a close contact. They're all being followed up on. Yeah. Obviously, the chance of a fan giving it to a player, considering the distance between them, probably pretty low. And, uh, I think there was like a couple of non football. I think like a janitor basically was so that like, that's mm-hmm. how thoroughly. I thought that's a good sign that they, they found the janitor. Thoroughly, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's a good sign. But overall, there hasn't been any COVID so far. But the I think it's important from a symbolic point of view that if cases do show up which is more likely not over the it's course of an entire season yeah. you know you don't want to be seen to have been lax on it so yeah yeah I just saw the crime and punishment news uh, just because I want to say it it would appear that Robert Kraft is going to get off on his uh, Florida getting off so uh, yeah Fun times. Uh, other bit of news as well. James White's parents were involved in a car crash. His father's died and his mother's in critical condition. And that's why he missed uh, Sunday night football. Uh, yeah, we hope all the best of... for his, his mother and obviously condolences for his father. But yeah, uh, yeah not great. Uh, yeah. 
got a few nice shout outs from his teammates and from the Seattle mm-hmm. uh, from Russell Wilson and other Seattle players and yeah like James White he's probably to be a Super Bowl MVP based on what he did against the, the Falcons but uh, yeah he, he's a good player and he, he's apparently a good man apparently his parents like helped out like uh, Gio Bernard when he like was just starting off in Ooh. college and nearly went home was nearly homeless so it sounds like they were good people and you know it's obviously a shame Excellent. for James and for that family and hopefully they can get through this and no of course the best they can just as you mentioned, the Falcons there will will add in that they've uh, they 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 broke a very impressive streak this week. So they are. We'll come to it when we discuss the games. But apparently, teams in their position had gone four hundred and forty and zero. That no team had ever lost from the position that they were in, and they've now added the one to that. So continuing that trend of the twenty-eight to three uh, into the new season, always good. There, to there might be something up with that team. There but might we'll be something into that broken inside them. And I suppose on that lovely note, we will fly over to the games from last week. So first up, we have Thursday night football. I said surprisingly, surprisingly fun for like this was a terrible uniform matchup. It was actually a surprisingly entertaining game of football. Uh, thirty to thirty-five, Cleveland win the game. Chubb and Hunt just had a hell of a day. Over two hundred and thirty yards on the ground, four touchdowns between them. Cincinnati defense didn't really do anything. But again, this was a game that was all offenses. Neither defense looked particularly strong. Baker looked an awful lot more comfortable than he did last week, even though the numbers aren't flashy because obviously that run game was. There, yeah. but like he played pretty well I still had that interception but he looked fact, like Kirk Cousins <laughs> he did but to be honest Kirk Cousins is an improvement on like the scared puppy we saw last week yeah. running around behind his line uh, Burrow flashed very nicely in this one 316 yards three touchdowns still mistakes like you'd expect from a rookie but uh, you know like botched snap where he was trying to call a timeout I think was yeah. what happened and there was a few other bits uh, fumble on the goal line and that so again look it's, it's a similar thing that we said before and offensive line concerns with them but they did work around them a little bit better Joe Mixon looks explosive when he gets some space but he's getting killed in the backfield far too yeah. often for that to work so I think they're probably going to have to start doing more wheel routes and more like bring in a full back for extra protection and stuff like overall if, if I'm the Bengals I'm very I, I, I'm, I'm an incredibly happy 0-2 team at the moment yeah. because it looks like it's turning around significantly AJ Green needs to get his head screwed on right though yeah like he he had a very very bad stat line I think it was like 3 out of 13 or something he's and like you know he's supposed to be the wide receiver one maybe we'll see him de-emphasize in favor of, of Auden Tate, John Ross and, and the others. We'll see if they're brought in more. But yeah, like I think I think the Bengals right now would love to have the type of run game Cleveland had. I'm sure mm-hmm. they would love to take some of the pressure off Burrow, but given the situation that they've put him into, given that offensive line is so bad, and given the lack of run game for Mixon right now, not to do anything wrong with Mixon, of course, it, it, you're getting a good idea of how good this guy can be under pressure. And that's the type of situation that I suppose yeah. quarterbacks make the big money is when they can show like Mahomes or Lamar or Russell yeah. Wilson. Given how Burrow's performed, I don't have a problem with having a, a Burrow first mm. uh, thing. I think it is a nice contrast to Baker Mayfield. He's in year three, of, you know, first overall pick, and he's kind of regressed and they've basically put the safety wheels back on yeah as i said put him in that like uh, kevin stefanski zubiak zbs scheme very play action heavy i think there was like a joke on reddit like cleveland to never run uh, a play action roll out to the left uh, but that was the, the minnesota vikings favorite move last year <laughs> and it's like we see you stefanski we see you yeah. uh but we know that they want to build their offense around chubb and hunt who mm-hmm. are probably it's probably the best combo yeah and uh, although the chargers combo is looking good we'll talk about them later yeah. but yeah but i think this is so much like these two guys have done it before we know that they can perform and yeah I think yeah. this is the Cleveland template of how they want to beat yeah. up on the teams less good than them it's just a bit like always with that Stefanski thing even going all the way back to Kubiak when he was in charge of the of Texans mm-hmm. 
those teams always seemed to come adrift when they got into the elite of the, of yeah. the NFL when they played a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady no, but I think for Cleveland they'd probably be okay going like 9-7 and seven and it's so funny if you, were, if, you were, if you were to think um, you were to think last week and we'd say geez, we'd have a good 5 or 6 minutes to talk about a Cincinnati a Cleveland Thursday night football game like it's uh, we'd laugh at ourselves but yeah it's, it's, it's good for both these franchises a good gritted out win for Cleveland even if it's Steve emphasising their quarterback and Cincinnati looking like they will be ascendant but missing a couple of key pieces for this year uh, next up New York Giants at Chicago 13-17 to 17. turnovers are going to hurt them here Danny Dimes is 240 interception fumble Chicago struggled but like this is a very injured like it's essentially the corpse of the New York Giants team yeah. their starting running back was gone fairly quickly on them it's not uh, Montgomery looked okay in the game for Chicago they had a couple of nice possession but it's like it's, it's like that eternal thing with Trubisky of like there'll be a passage of three or four plays where he looks oh yeah I can see what they saw in him and then there's like about nine or ten other plays you're like oh god what were they thinking when they selected him <laughs> over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes yeah, yeah, if anyone yeah. needs reminding at this point uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, this was this was sloppy and uh, look fair news to the to the Bears for getting to 2-0 and because that's a surprise in itself but like they haven't beaten great team so far and no. this was this was a home game against a broken Giants team and they they slipped it at the end like. yeah and they needed that ridiculous comeback last week to beat Detroit anyway so mm. it's kind of like I'm looking at Chicago and they like it's a paper tiger at this point and it even feels like begging them up to call them a tiger yeah, yeah. of a paper variety of any type it's paper um, cat. but look like the Giants we know they aren't a good team like they're lacking in talent uh, on the offense like they don't really have a wide receiver one they got Golden Tate back and then they lost Sterling Shepard so it's like one step forward one step back kind of situation and obviously with Saquon gone that's several steps back like I think without Saquon I think we'll get a better idea of what Danny Dimes is but mm-hmm. he's so turnover prone at the moment too many fumbles too many interceptions I think he has around the same number of turnovers as he does touchdowns in his young career and of course we see with Jameis Winston that mm. that isn't really a good it doesn't work you know so he need like I, he, I, know, I know you can kind of excuse it because he's been trying to carry the team so much due to the lack of talent there but uh, sooner or later especially with the, with their head coach he's likely to, to become under a lot more pressure and yeah for Chicago like look the defence after the opt-outs still looks pretty good albeit not against the two best teams in, in the world mm-hmm. um, but I think the fact that D is still holding up is alright yeah, Montgomery he he showed some things that I think you would want to see he was pretty pedestrian last year and I think if they can get him going take the pressure off Mitch then maybe they can challenge after all if you have two wins that's two more wins than several teams like yeah. the Vikings um, so you could sneak into that seventh seed with that new seventh seed. Maybe no, of course. In, there's a world where Chicago could do it, although I really don't want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Unless something major happens, yeah. Although I suppose they do have uh, Big Dick Nick to take the playoffs for them and then maybe they can go uh, on a run. Yeah, remember that? Uh, Rabs <laughs> at Philly, uh, 37 to 19. <laughs> this is a home game for Philadelphia and the digital fans booed their own quarterback. That's how badly it was going. Give us a quick synopsis on this one. Yeah, like like Philly are in full implosion mode at the moment like you know the the Rams D basically beat them up early on in this game they picked off Wentz twice they got a first fumble from Sanders they converted at the points thanks to Higby mostly with his three touchdowns like it's not like the Rams were overwhelming them with their actual offense they just mm-hmm. had so many short fields that they could get it done like have you Malcolm Brown <laughs> Like they had to bring in Daryl Henderson in um, shoulder injury was it? There's a shoulder injury to um, Malcolm Brown. And oh, Makers had a, I think Callum Makers picked up a knock as well, so he got in and he looked pretty good in spot duty. So I think that's a positive for them. I think they're they'll continue to use the rotation if they're all healthy, but. Mm. 
seeing something from a guy that they expected some and then Ian Cooper Cup was okay like but they didn't have to do much yeah. like the Eagles gave them to the first half and then I think the Eagles were kind of coming back a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the second half but then the Rams kind of shut them out late and yeah I think like for the Eagles maybe the only bright spot was that Miles Sanders came back and looked pretty good outside the fumble but Wentz is under incredibly pressure right now and it and he's, he's performing badly and the defence looks pretty yeah. shot up as well so for the Eagles it's not looking great right now but for the Rams they're 2-0 even in even if that was only yeah. joint first in that time. One thing, one thing to keep an eye on now because I've seen a bit of it online in the last day or two there's a lot of people starting to talk about the fact that uh, look, everyone kind of gives Wentz a pass because he was injured and because they didn't have weapons and that kind of stuff but he's now what three years away from that MVP style mid-season run where they got to the playoffs and everything he hasn't really performed massively for them in the last two years and he has had those injuries that you know the, the question was posed why does everyone on Baker all the time and no one's on Wentz and they say well it's because he had that one year run yeah. but it's it's been three years and nothing since that so expect if this continues to hear a lot of clucking about that yeah. afterwards well, the Eagles fans are known for being so oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean I, I mean from legitimate commentators <laughs> like Skip Bayless yeah. um. oh god Skip Bayless uh, we'll move on to probably the best game of the of the week Atlanta at Dallas this was crazy 39 to 40 Dallas win after collecting an onside kick which just doesn't happen anymore and getting a late field goal was it was incredible they were torn apart initially by the Falcons and then in classic Falcon form they just started to crumble pointlessly even at that they weren't using some of their best weapons I don't know what was up with Julio Jones he dropped a sitter of a touchdown yeah. in the end zone thrown by then, the Russell Gage the other wide receiver yeah, but I also don't think like what was his targets like in this game I don't think he was actually targeted all that much was he? Uh, I think he was targeted a little bit but yeah he wasn't getting any production and like yeah, yeah I think that throw I don't know I don't know. I don't think he was anything wrong with him Like I, I heard I heard, I heard mention of there's some kind of there's some kind of hamstring or something but that can oh, also but be he's the, played through that before yeah but that's also the kind of thing that like a, a coach will say after a star player has a bad game to try and give them an excuse and that's kind of what it sounded like but we're, we're, we're missing the headline here Atlanta still don't have any backbone they crumble from a massive lead this is the game where I said 400 teams were in the position that they were in and no one had failed to win from that position and yeah. they have now done it and there was another one where they had like ridiculous production like loads of numbers on the on the air pretty decent numbers on the ground they got four forced fumbles in the first half to give them their big lead at the half which they then extended for, well they lost a little bit of them mm. but like up to five minutes uh, to go they were still 15 points up like yeah, it's like how do you how do you let this happen to yourself like, yeah I don't I, I don't know to be honest they they just imploded and I think it's just obviously 28 and 3 is it's always in the back of your mind yeah you it's know? always there and like, like, there's coaching scared I suppose yeah. I always hate that term because it seems like such a vague kind of platitude but like when it happens multiple times there's something clearly wrong with how you try and deal with leads yeah and they kept settling for field goals in the second half which to be fair like you're, you're ahead you're at such a distance you yeah. probably can and I think they missed a say, two point conversion which I think would have given them like some nice number like make it a two three point three score lead at that point yeah. so it, like there was nothing theoretically wrong what they did except for the fact that you're Falcons but I suppose if they'd done desperate stuff then we'd be like oh they were desperate why did they not just kick there was also there was a couple of very very questionable decisions like they're lucky Dallas looked like they won this because there'd be a lot of questions about Mike McCarthy's decision making process because he was going for it on fourth and two two fake punts two fake punts with I think both of them with more than four yards to go in their own territory and failed to get either one of them like 
the second one maybe I can understand yeah, they were if, desperation you're, mode. if you're thinking desperation mode but like the first one and it didn't work like the play calling from McCarthy was all over the shop and I'm going to put a bit of the a bit of the hole that they were in on him rather than necessarily the players but the players did look a lot more alert in the second half than they did in the first half for Dallas yeah. except for the fumbles but I think fumbles there there's a large element of love there is yeah there's a, yeah and like fair 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 dues to Dak Prescott like I think you know, after that first half would have been easy to kind of go back go and do a shell. shell. Yeah. But I think he's a guy, obviously we know he's looking for that contract. We also know that he, you know, he, he was very, you know, very bravely stepped up and, and talked about his depression. And of course, you could imagine Skip Bayless licking his lips about them going 0-2 to start mm. the season. Well, fuck you, Skip Bayless. And yeah. Dak Prescott showed you up. Like he, he took it all upon himself. He looked really good in the second half on the goal line. He took three touchdowns, basically rushing himself. So he was willing to take the team on his back and mm. get the job done. Now they needed a huge and look you know if you if you need an onside kick uh, with no T everyone's like no T and an onside kick my god it was crazy as well like they yeah. basically faked out the hands team to make the hands team think that they couldn't touch it before yeah. it hit 10 yards as well they, they, like, they, they, just, everyone, everyone's kind of surrounding it like you know like that, like, a, like a monkey knife fight from the mm, Simpsons they're yeah. all kind of surrounding it and it's just like waiting for the but like you know, it's Atlanta you just kick it out of fucking bounds or something I don't yeah, know, just, just like belt it away like that's it because um, that was great field position as well to get that that, that, that yeah. winning you know, field if, if, if you're going to go watch the highlights I'd suggest this is the game to go watch the highlights of. yeah there's an even greater irony, of course, that Atlanta have the best onside kick specialists. Yeah. And they, just, they get defeated. Don't get to do anything. <laughs> uh, Carolina, Tampa Bay. This was a bit of a stinker of a game. 70 to 31. Look, Tampa Bay put Carolina away real quick. Brady was there. 270 yards, a touchdown, through an interception. Mike Evans got back to Mike Evans' form. 104 yards and a touchdown. Fournette. So he says, yeah, I almost forgot he was on the team until they they they, they called him for that like that, yeah. that that deep goal line run. I was like, oh, yep, there he is, over a hundred yards of touchdown. Tampa Bay's defense looked real good. Five sacks, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. Again, like I said, I just don't rate Teddy Bridgewater that hardly. He got a load of empty yardage at the end. He was over three hundred and fifty. Yeah. I don't think the weapons are there for 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 Carolina this year. Because the thing is, I don't think that Tampa Bay defense is all that strong. But they never had a sniff of this game. The big thing is that. Tampa Bay are very good at defending the run once CMC he, was kind of that it's all on Teddy and he just looked didn't look great like yeah like he's not he's not as, as we've, we've mentioned a couple of times stolen from the old uh, boot the sticks he's definitely he's a trailer yeah. I'll tell you what he's a fucking heavy enough trailer at that <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco at the Jets another bit of a stinker here I did like this is 31 to 13 this is the one that had obviously all the injuries to the 49ers there's a great uh, version of the Thanos meme going around <laughs> yeah. like did you did, did you beat the Jets? Yes. What did it cost you? Everything. Uh, tell us about this one, Fitz. Basically, you know, San Francisco have all those injuries and they still absolutely put it up to the Jets. Jets are pathetic right now. There's no other word for them. Like, their run defence was embarrassed twice. Was it, was it the second play of the game that they gave First up? play of the game. First play of the game. 75-yard touchdown to Raheem Mostert. Then there was a With play... three missed tackles on it. Yeah. Like. And later on in the game, they had a... a Third, third and 35 35 sorry uh, and they converted via run 57 yards on that run like it's like <laughs> it's hilariously bad. it's pathetic it's 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 this is a team that's in complete 0-16 style form like to be fair like I know they've lost Lev Beldo he hasn't been great for a couple, like since he's come back anyway but like you have Frank Gore you have Chris Hogan these are your top runner and receiver respectively yeah. that is some desperation stuff so I don't blame Darnold too much but this is a guy who's been dealing with a lot of different systems over the last few just, years like, I know they're, they're, they're just get rid of Gase just get rid of Gase yeah well once again every player that leaves Adam Gase seems to suddenly mm-hmm. revitalise their career so yeah get Adam Gase out of there as quickly as possible and maybe this team could get a couple of wins because right now this is a team 
on a way to a hiding. And uh, shout out to Jordan Reed, looked pretty good mm. uh, with Kittle out. Uh, yeah, he did really well in in, in in filling in. What's the story with Kittle? He's he's going to be okay, or is he? Yeah, yeah. I think he had a, a knee uh, bruise. And oh, okay. They're, they're saying he'll be back uh, this week. Yeah, yeah so was, it's also that kind of thing. In that kind of spot, you probably go. So we don't need him out there. Like we don't. <laughs> Sometimes that ba- that comes back in you. Not this time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Denver Pittsburgh. This is an interesting one. Twenty one to twenty six. Denver nearly make it in this game. It was very close, but unfortunately they had too many injuries. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense did real nice. I think Watt had two and a half sacks in this game, so they kind of ended Driscoll on that fourth and final drive. Denver's offense showed some bits of life, but also was spotty because obviously look, it's the backup quarterback that's in there for nearly the entire game. The defense looked actually. Not bad without, uh, without Miller. Like, it wasn't great. You can obviously see that he would be a lovely... They, they kick it up a whole other notch otherwise. Ben was... like Ben was okay. 300 yeah. yards, two touchdowns, interception. He was constantly getting balls batted at the line. Yeah. And he, like... And I don't know if that was just, like, that the defense was stepping up or that Ben was... Because he is going to be slowing down a little bit. But. They got a fairly big lead and it kind of felt like they just took the took foot off the pedal for a while. They're like, ah, this is grand and now all Jeff Driscoll's in, ah, we're yeah. okay. And they, they kind of let it get close because I think maybe to a certain extent they, like, well, their defense could get it done. But like, because yeah. like, like they only got back into to, to being in the lead due to James Connor long mm. like ripping off. I was going to say that, that's a big plus for them that Connor looks fine coming off that yeah. injury. Also, fuck my picking Benny Snell up on the first last week. As long as you play him, yeah. And like there was a nice touchdown to Chase Claypool. Uh, like they have a he lot of looking like they're, they're, they constantly get these really good yeah. little wide receivers because he, he's like their fourth wide yeah. receiver right now technically because they have uh, Juju Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson and James Washington, yeah. but Claypool is putting his hand up for more mm. more snaps like oh, he was yeah. a, I had him as a, as a preseason sleeper when I, when I was talking fantasy with you and he's he kind of I don't want to call him I don't want to give that thing right now because obviously he, he got yeah, a lot it's more two games, but it's like he has kind of like that DK thing he's got mm. that physical he's not quite a, like he's a bit DK smaller Metcalf, he? yeah he's but not yeah. quite DK Metcalf like ridiculous physically he's mm. got that sense of just loves to make big plays so mm. I think for for Pittsburgh, they're probably pretty happy with that, right? Yeah. But they don't need them right now. But they don't. But can I, can I also just just one thing as well because I've seen a lot of yapping online about this, and I just want to put it out there. Pittsburgh two zero. They're looking good. Ben looks like he's back, not fully back. Right? You've beaten no one really. Like this was Jeff Driscoll missing his top receiver, missing their top defensive piece. This is a team that you're playing at home. They have to travel to you. You should. See Steamroll this 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 injured Denver team, and they didn't. Pittsburgh are in some of the NFL rankings as being the fourth in the power rankings in yeah. the NFL. Get fucked with that, right? Prove it to me. Says Prove it to me. That's <laughs> right. Look, you you put up twenty six points think, on this Denver team, and you allowed twenty one. You allowed them in the game. But I think people, down. I think people are really excited about the defense. I think the def- people are saying this is this could be an elite defense like seven sacks an interception a forced fumble a oh, safety it is, it's huge but They're, that's against, that's against think, a weak offensive line and a yeah. backup quarterback so uh, yeah I think it will be interesting to see how they do against uh, I suppose we saw like for example week one to week two the Washington defense that, yeah. yeah we'll see what they do against the better teams yeah. but for, for right now they, uh, they look is, pretty good the thing is I'm happy I'm happy to put my hands up and say Pittsburgh could be really really good because they have the pieces on offense if if Ben hits his stride and they do have a really good defense but all this yapping about the 2-0 and o stuff like <laughs> sorry lads like beat someone a fucking note like this is this is preseason games for you Minnesota and Indianapolis uh, Minnesota and, probably don't count in your words of no, beating someone of note <laughs> they don't come on look at them they're shit 11 28 I told you that they were going to lose this game good god like Jonathan Taylor just destroyed them the defense three sacks three interceptions Rivers was Rivers like quiet 
200 something yards a touchdown interception I think like should pick early but yeah, yeah he fine like, afterwards Cousins is truly awful literally since he came out and he said if I die I die he's died <laughs> uh, like 11 completed passes 3 interceptions Minnesota are terrible they should feel terrible this is yeah. not a particularly brilliant Indianapolis team they're playing and they were manhandled in the game yeah. they're like the 28 to 11 it probably could have been a lot more to a lot less yeah. to be honest and of course Minnesota are supposed to be a hard nosed team themselves and yeah like this is this is just embarrassing like this is genuinely embarrassing speaking of embarrassments Detroit oh, yeah. Lions Detroit and the Green, Green Bay. Bay Packers 21 to 42 oh, oh. Aaron Jones basically teabagging the Detroit defense all day long like do you, do you think both the both the running back and the quarterback choices in the draft were just motivation <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right too. Aaron Jones is like, hey, that Aaron Rodgers seems to be pretty up. Uh, but like Aaron Aaron Jones, like 168 running, 68 in the past, three it's touchdowns. crazy. Like. like he just, like he had two huge runs. He and, and his own is better than I think it's like five of the complete offenses of other teams. Yeah, like. it's ridiculous. And, you know, I, I don't have him in fancy this year, but last year he did have games like this. And I think for him, obviously he's a lot to prove because obviously when they draft that guy, that they're kind of saying we're, we're not going to give you that second contract mm. but if he keeps playing like this it'll be hard for he'll get paid somewhere anyway mm-hmm. and Rodgers was he didn't need to do much in the defense like the, the Rodgers and defense just cleaned up the rest like 240 and two touchdowns for Rodgers and then four sacks and interception for the defense so Aaron Jones was just like dominating yeah. and like look the Detroit Lions are a very up and down team and Stafford was okay two touchdowns and interception but the run game didn't really do anything because they were sidelined early so you didn't see Adrian Peterson for example I think it's a their D is just bad bad I know they have a couple of injuries like Justin Coleman but mm. like Patricia you're supposed to be a defensive who do you think you're a rocket scientist who do do you think Patricia or or uh, Gase I I would hope Gase but I don't Gase but yeah it might be Patricia I think Gase is a worse coach and he's ruining that but I also I also don't think Patricia's any good yeah but I think I suppose Gates is the excuse that his team also has no good players. <laughs> yeah, I wonder whose fault that is. Is there anything else in this game? Or we move no, on? just the Detroit's defense is terrible. Yeah, uh, Buffalo at Miami. We had great crack with this one. 31 to 28. Josh Allen had four touchdowns, 470 yards. Showed that kind of like the fun that they can have with him. But also like there was a couple of terrible passes. Like ah, it's Josh Allen. Know, that's the thing. Like it's, it's the roller coaster you live on with him of like you get some great bits, you get some terrible bits. Some lovely runs, some terrible overthrows. Yeah, like they were good. Diggs had a hell of a day, 150 and a touchdown. Fitzpatrick looked back to form. He was having a lot of crack with it as well, but the defense is just not there. Now, so young. You can like, I'm, I'm surprised at how well the Miami offense did against this Buffalo defense because I was expecting them to be a bit more tough. But as, as, as they say, particularly within that division, it's very hard to go to Miami. Yeah, like, and it was Tom very... Brady will tell you. Yeah, and Buffalo, they're not used to the, the heat down there. Like, to be fair, like, the, the end numbers are good for Fitzmagic, but they were very up and down. It was like, mm. there were some drives that they looked great, and there were some drives that just kind of did nothing. I suppose that's just kind of be expected, given where they are in their rebuilding process. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, Stefan Diggs and John Brown, I think, you might see Allen finally kind of take that step up and be more mm-hmm. take the take it on his own shoulders a bit more in the pass game. I think that's a he doesn't have to be like Russell Wilson or no. Pat Mahomes, but if he can be just a good solid like quarterback, like kind of where Ben Roethlisberger maybe is right now, then that's that's enough for them because he's so good on the ground and they have so much talent around him. I think Buffalo, I think New England are looking spicy. We'll talk about that later, but I think Buffalo, just given the overall talent that they have, yeah. 
I'm kind of erring towards them probably being favourites in that division right now. But they're uh, still they're still my favourite for that know, division. They still have Josh Allen, so you never really know. Yeah. But I think it's a really good sign to see Josh Allen actually have a big passing game. You just don't. Mm. See, I think it's the first time over 400 yards. It's good to see that. I think. Yeah. And Diggs look great, so I think that's 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 major. Yeah, and I also thought that, that was just a, like it was such a smart acquisition to just give him a proper receiver like that. And then, as I said, like uh, surely what they've probably started doing is just they've just introduce shadow routes to the uh, to the playbook so that whatever route Diggs is running they have another player running the same route about five yards further in so that Josh Allen will target the other guy and then it'll land with Diggs because he'll just overthrow <laughs> the first guy shadow routes are great fun trigonometry for you oh boy uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee nearly this was yeah and the thing you thought I was fucking mental for saying Jacksonville <laughs> in this game see the, the Minshew magic is definitely real. I'm looking like a fool of my preseason prediction saying this is going to be one of the trash fires <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the season. I'm looking like an absolute... Minshew, you, you, you're proving me wrong. Faskowski yeah. kicks a field goal winner showing that they are still happy with him even after that terrible yeah. start last year. He missed a pass, uh, but uh, yeah. like Minshew was having great crack there uh, during the Jacksonville comeback. Tannehill did a surprisingly decent job. The, the thing that surprised me the most about this is how little end production Tennessee are getting out of the run game they're not getting yeah. their touchdowns from it and maybe maybe that's a schematic thing that they are yeah. they're everyone's biting on the run so they're freeing up the because to be honest these are the kind of ones that I normally only see the highlight reels of rather than the yeah. full game tape but uh, I think the indications are yeah people are, are keying in on Henry obviously mm. um, and to be fair Henry has been someone who who in, in historically for the last couple of seasons has not started very fast yeah he builds but he too builds much, yeah. up because as those defences get more worn down and whatever yeah. he tends to get He's stronger resilient you know he feeds on their pain or mm. something like that but like look <laughs> like Tannehill he's a lich from Dungeons and Dragons or yeah something. I think for, for Tannehill the major thing is that he, he was he wasn't great but he was efficient he spread the ball around mm. he had one or two beautiful yeah. like tight window passes particularly for one of the touchdowns yeah. at the end zone and this is with AJ Brown, AJ Brown out so mm. they didn't have AJ Brown like the guy who was absolutely blowing up yeah. late last year Corey Davis looked pretty good Johnny Smith had a big big day uh, at tight end uh, and yeah like I think Tennessee, we know their team that can sometimes uh, be stifled. They're a team that prefers to play from ahead, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think winning this type of game was important for them because you know, like Jacksonville put it up to them. Like Minshew, like Minshew's like almost like the complete opposite of Tannehill. Like, yeah. cause I, cause I, even though I know Tannehill can do the runs, can be more flexible, he just kind of looks more efficient. Min- Min- Minshew is a young, uneducated version of Fitzmagic. Yeah. And he is so much fun to watch. Yeah, and he's he's good crack as well. And like yeah. he was, he was thinking about because like they were in a big hole early on in this game, and they came back and they fought back. And I think, you know, I think it gives a big idea that for a team that has all the reason in the world to be demoralized, the fact that he seems to be such a key part of making them fun of players wanting to play for them. And even the, some of the players I've talked about, yeah, how they want to play leader, for Minshew. Like, uh, it's such a huge get for them. I suppose the only question for, like, he's playing so well right now that all this talk of them being, like, getting, like, uh, Trevor Lawrence or whatever. Like, right now, does Minshew have the upside that you're going to make him a franchise quarterback? Right now, he's showing it, but mm. we'll, we'll see over the full 16 games. Yeah. And if he does it, I'll be happy tell, to tell, eat like, all like, of my like, words. He's, he's, he strikes me as a prime candidate for the kind of, like, the three-year extension kind of thing. Yeah. The, like, Get him in there. If you need, you can cut him loose or you can take the hit on your... Because you'll only be paying a rookie yeah. who's replacing him. Kind of Look, thing. at the worst, he's going to like be like Fitzmagic and end up half starting in a lot of places, but perhaps not. Maybe sticking no, of everywhere. And, and the thing is as well, like a player like that will always have trade value because yeah. people will see the potential in the good games and think they can coach... Like, you know, NFL head coaches are notoriously yeah. egotistic. They think they can coach out the bad. <laughs> if Nick Foles is worth a trade. <laughs> uh, Wash- Washington at Arizona, 15 to 30... 
Yeah, look, Kyler looks great in this. The Washington defense was like was, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it was a problem with them. It's just no, like, they were grand. It's Kyler just like, is just like a bastard. Yeah, he's like he's just so quick and so elusive. Like for such a small dude. So yeah, like he had nearly three hundred in the air, seventy on the ground, couple of touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Washington looked good. Haskins like while not getting the end results was getting production out of let's be honest not a great collection yeah. of it was a scary Terry's yeah. there but and uh, he, look, he looks good on I think when they speed up the game plan a bit mm-hmm. he looks a lot better yeah. when they try to be slow he's a little less good and uh, Gibson Gibson filled in quite nicely at running back so we'll see yeah. what they're doing with that because they've he's still not got a, he's not a between the tackles kind he's of guy, not right? but, but like but you know they're, they're, they're trying to figure out they've got a yeah. couple of guys in there trying to figure it out uh, like this is a spot where look Arizona decent job here I would like to have seen more from them, but I think it's probably the the the, the score probably flatters the fourth quarter of Washington rather yeah. than the actual flow of the game. They were up early and they they kind of stuck. With yeah, it. There, there there is a great little highlight of Kyler when he's running in one of the touchdowns. I think it was like it was like a thirteen yard run or something like that. Yeah. But he takes these little teeny tiny steps. Yeah. And someone's like, he's basically taking like 3,000 steps to go about, you know, 16 yeah. yards. He just tippy tappies all around yeah. the whole place. He's, great. he's really like, he kind of looks almost like Russell Wilson if you sped, like on yeah, like, yeah. fast forward or something yeah. like that. Like he, because he, he doesn't, like Lamar is probably the only one who could even be anywhere near him in terms of that, that, yeah. that ability to break the game. But Lamar looks kind of like a running back. He does the spins and he's kind of got yeah. this really well, he's, he's got fluid the, he's, got, he's got the bigger body as yeah. well to do he's it. He's got this fluid movement yeah. whereas Kyler's like... Yeah. Kyler's a kick returner whereas, yeah. But yeah, that there's not much else to that. Like Washington, their defense looks okay. They're not going to be a complete dumpster fire. Ron Ferry's got them in a halfway decent shape but they're just not the talent on that roster at the moment. Arizona... They probably could have done more, but they just let the guys a little bit of breathing room at the end of the game. That's fine. I wouldn't be that worried about it. Uh, Baltimore at Houston, what we thought was going to be a great game. Just give me a quick synopsis of this absolute fucking execution. Yeah, like Baltimore just kind of got up early and then held Houston at arm's length for... And they basically won in every phase of the game. They looked dominant for most of the game on defense. Like Deshaun Watson, once again, was running around a lot. They locked down Will Fuller, no catches, zero yards. Uh, I suppose that's kind of implied. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but like look Wait, am like, I reading this wrong <laughs> but like they they leaned on the run mostly here they used all of their running backs they had over 200 yards you know it was just a situation where yeah Houston had small occasions where they got back between like say 10 points but they never looked in this game like Deshaun Watson is doing a lot of work here mm-hmm. but and JJ Watt seems to be back to, to, to near his best form but outside those two there's just no consistency like Deshaun yeah. Watson without DeAndre Hopkins is like who do I throw to when I'm in desperation mode? There's no one. Like, Randall Cobb kind of took that up late on in this game, but it's Randall Cobb. Like, it's, you're not going to be able to build an offense or yes. that. So, Houston, I know they're playing these elite teams, um, like KC and Baltimore, but still, these are the kind of teams you're going to have to beat they if were, you they want were, to they, win. They, they were in the divisional round yeah. last year. You expect them to be better. Particularly because, like, you know, if you're if you're at that point and you wheel and deal in the offseason, yeah. normally that's to get the pieces that push you over like, the edge, not they, the pieces that push yeah, you back down. Exactly, because they've spent the money already on extensions they've mm-hmm. spent the draft picks to get players Yeah, this isn't a team that looks like it's getting better any, anytime soon really uh, this so looks like it's stalled and it's yeah. starting to drop Like it's kind of like Bengals era almost like yeah not but. great uh, move on Casey at the Chargers 23 to 20 in overtime not the game we expected coming in at all for on several different levels <laughs> so obviously as we mentioned earlier the uh, rookie quarterback started this game after the chest injury to Tyrod meant that he couldn't uh, play at all 
They got up kind of early on KC and they just didn't do a fantastic job. Initially, the offense wasn't firing. The defense didn't quite know how to deal with it. The tackling in particular, I thought, was very poor from the KC defense uh, throughout the game because they were getting to players and letting them pass them. And I don't know, because the thing is, I initially thought maybe it's a schematic thing. Maybe they prepared from an entirely different kind of player. But really, the way that they were playing, the the rookie Herbert is is kind of playing, now he's, he's probably more skillful in it. Yeah. But he wasn't playing a massively different game than from what Toronto had been playing in, in, in week one. So there wasn't a there wasn't a massive change where all of a sudden it's a pure running quarterback type thing. Yeah. So I don't I don't fully get why the why the defense was so slow I off the mark. The the big difference between Tarod and Herbert is that Tarod, even though Herbert has a, had a reputation going to college as being pretty conservative, Tarod is incredibly he is, conservative. Yeah. He just does not want to turn the ball over. And of course, you know, we had a a, a, bit, a brain fart from Herbert in this game. Oh, where, the pick that he threw yeah, in the He had like fourth 10 thing. yards of easy uh, gain to get the he first could, down. He could have had the first down with his legs and yeah. decided to throw a, throw a little fucking jumper yeah. instead. Across the kind of across his body into the middle of the field just the type of thing you're not supposed to do yeah. at, the, at the NFL level so Chiefs basically didn't fire anything for the first for the first while they kept it within about two scores or so but that was about it and then we got to the fourth quarter the offense started to show up and then also the defense decided to start showing up I don't know why it took them that long to adjust we have occasionally had times in KC as you'll see in a couple of the other games where they come in the initial plan doesn't work and then but normally it's the second quarter where they go okay we'll just do this instead and score a load of points in that this one was the fourth quarter which made it significantly more worrying for me and I'd worked the following day so I wasn't really hoping to have that extra beer and watch overtime <laughs> but uh, like when we got to overtime it was a very different game than the rest of the game was of the defense put the put the locks on that offense and kind of shut them down yeah. and then it took it took my god it took a heroic effort from Butker to get there where he kicked a 53-yard field goal and it was flagged. And they said, nope, uh, there was, I think it was a false start on yeah. the offense. So it became a 58 field, you know, but he made the 53, came a 58, kicked the 58. He got iced. So <laughs> he made that 58. So it came back and he made a fucking another 58-yarder. So that's... Uh, they don't call him the book kicker for nothing, you know? Yeah, some fucking job. Particularly because he had, a, early on in the game, he had a extra point blocked. So uh, <laughs> that's why it was 6-7 six to, six to seven yeah. early on. And of course, like, you know, the Chargers had the ball first in overtime. They had a very uh, short, like a third, uh, like a fourth and one in their own territory. A lot of people were saying they should have went for it. Mm. I think in today's modern analytics, of course, because it's a shootout type of situation. You know, I think you have to, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, to a certain extent, against Pat Mahomes, you kind of feel like, like, and to be fair, like the Chargers did get a lot of pressure on Pat Mahomes. They did, yeah. Like Pat Mahomes didn't make any huge mistakes. He just took sacks because that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. He had to rely a lot on scrambling in this game just to kind of survive out there. There was a surprising amount of him on the move, actually, which I wasn't much of a fan of. Not a huge, yeah, but he's he's got he's got the background. As we have said, this is this is a very good Chargers front yeah. that they've got like Bosa was wrecking shop all day and like look like you know Mahomes even when you have him under pressure the whole point about Mahomes is that he can still do something crazy like that throw to Tyree Kill oh god yeah just like nice. rolling out under pressure basically falling backwards almost just fires then, fucking 65 yards yeah down straight down and Tyree Kill makes a great track catch it's just like that's that's why you have to take that's why mm-hmm. games are so aggressive against Kansas City these days like they're going for it on 4th and 3 4th and 5 whatever just to keep up with them Yeah. and the Chargers they decided not to do that overtime and they ended up paying the cost like, but I will say though like the end point of this is the Chargers have to be super excited now because that is yeah. 
that is a very I, I, except I, their coach apparently yeah their coach doesn't know who to, but I, 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 me- I messaged you guys about it at the time I hold my hands up and said look I was completely wrong I thought Justin Herbert was a reach and I thought he wasn't ready and I thought it would be a year before we'd see him well, we might see him at the tail end of the season he looked good we'll, 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 we'll see in the fullness of time but I think like, I think you were right to start, like he does have some of the same qualities to Tyra but not just a conservatism but he was also more willing to use the running backs in the passing game Austin yeah. Eckler and I think obviously they have that in the back pocket because they had Rivers there last mm-hmm. year who just loved doing that all the time so Herbert there's a lot more promise there I think people are going to be excited and it's going to be like if they play Tyrod I don't know what they are doing yeah I don't know what message is sending from yeah. the team as well because like that was that was a far more entertaining offense yeah. and performance than they had and like the three fans that they have like they're not going to be able to avoid the pressure from those no. three fans <laughs> like Come on, we'll all, we'll we'll all send like a sausage to them. <laughs> yeah, like it'll probably be all of the other fans of the other teams who are like, ah, come on, make them fun. Like yeah. you know, if you're gonna have no fans, at least be fun. Like if you're gonna ruin your team's reputation, be exactly. Fun, but yeah, no. So I'd say genuinely, there's a lot of hope because I was not expecting this game to be this close at all, and that was a great performance by the Chargers and great performance by the rookie. Uh, New England at Seattle. This was great crack. I didn't stay up to watch it. You did. I watched it the following day, 30-35. Seattle stuff Cam on the goal line, getting a bit of goal line revenge against the New England Patriots to uh, to a certain extent. Uh, Even within the game, because like, Cam had scored three times from that exact yeah. same formation, uh, uh, twice, twice running it up our guts and twice on a on a fullback uh, fake. They let Mister Mister Unlimited, Unlimited. Uh, cook, cook away, so he had his three hundred yards, nearly five touchdowns and an interception. And the interception was a tip by Graham yeah, Hansen, yeah, I saw that fault. one, yeah, but it was a. Uh, yeah, I, I we'll see. It was it was interesting. It was it was nice to see that game plan happen. But then there is that thing of you look at how the New England game plan went and how it was so run heavy and stuff that you'd almost kind of like to have seen more coming out of the run game of the of Seattle towards the tenant to take more off the clock because yeah. there was a lot of. I, I, it's a weird thing because I've I've said for the last four or five years, pass more, pass more, pass yeah. more. I'm like, well, maybe a little bit less. But like the run game was working early on mm. because the pass had to be respected and even with the Atlanta game the pass had like sorry the run had yeah the pass had the game has to be respected so the run game was yeah. more effective Pete Carroll take note Brian Schoenheimer take note <laughs> uh, it's like you know, you know the meme is like the, the, the run sets up the pass yeah. the pass can also set up the run it's, it's this amazing thought but uh, just think time about is it. a flat circle <laughs> but like look like like the Seattle Seattle were better in this game they, they probably should have won this game easily like they just let camp get into mm. it because the defense like they had it like uh, Quandary Diggs was ejected earlier for a helmet to helmet hit probably fair enough the Marquise Blair got injured he's like their, their nickel was, was was the Quandary um, Diggs was that the hit on the kill Harry uh, yeah so that was that, that looked brutal it looked like, it, biggest thing is I, it was I, I, brutal but dumb it didn't look like oh I want to head on it it looked like yeah, I'm it, an idiot it, tackler it, it, it looked like he just wanted to hit him hard and he thought he was going to hit him in yeah. the in the shoulder and because he, he went down and he just yeah but he just oh that was that was a brutal looking hit yeah so that like I think that had a huge effect because I think Julian Edelman who was basically on one knee at some point kind of looked just kept shredding us up the middle he was I was not expecting him to look that good in this offense yeah. to be honest but like you know but I think Edelman he, he does his homework and I think there's a lot of talk about Cam who had a great game by the way 455 five yards in total uh, three touchdowns and interception like he took what was given there and like, you know, he caught Jamal Adams even in, in, in with Julian Edmund a couple of times. Mm. And like, to be honest, the problem with the Seahawks is that they don't have any natural pass rush. They need Jamal Adams to blitz or, or Bobby Wagner to blitz yeah. any pressure. And I think that I think in these situations where they're ahead at the end of games, they don't it's have always just peel the ears back yeah. and go. Like, yeah. So it's just a situation that's, and with Bruce Irvin that, that's even more, more true now. So I think like Seattle, like they, Russell Wilson looks... 
like peak. He looks Tom like he's, Brady. Drew he looks Brees. like he's going for that MVP this yeah. year. Like, like he looks like like he obviously can still scramble when he needs to, and he's very effective at that still. Though these new guys make him look like a slowpoke. But you know, just that deep ball, these rainbow mm, throws, beautiful he's stuff. Just, like, because I like even like remember a couple of years ago when he did that at a KC. Like, mm. it's just he's. He's the best in the game, and with DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf was all up in Stefan Gilmore's plate like, all day. Those so two much. guys were absolutely fighting; like <laughs> they literally ended up fighting. Like like DK ended up, uh, well, they ended up wrestling each other onto the Seahawks bench uh, at one point, and there's nearly a big fight broke out. Like DK is a is a one hell of a man, and, and yeah, like I think the Seahawks. You know, it's pro- it's the exact opposite of what Pete Carroll wants, which is that he would love you know get up early, run the ball. Close it out with the defense. They are not built to do that right now. No. Uh, they are a team that's almost built for track meets at the moment. And uh, I suppose as a Seahawks fan, I prefer my heart not to have to go through that. But I think that for <laughs> everyone else in the country and the world, I think they're happy enough to see it. No, of course. And finally, our Monday Night Football game, the biggest surprise of the week, New Orleans at Las Vegas Raiders. 24 to 34. New Orleans are showing that without Thomas being there, maybe kind of need that guy who was the guy who took all the targets last year and the year before him not being there showed that their offense was actually going to fall off a little bit there was good performances from the running backs and everything but to be honest the thing that surprised me the most was Carr looked incredible in this game he was hitting Waller a huge amount of the time Jacobs he maybe could have broken off a few ones longer but he looked really good and he had that combo of he had finesse runs he had tough runs where he ran into tackles and then just powered through them he looked like a proper complete back in it. Kamara looked good for, 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 for New Orleans, but like this was a spot where, and I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Raiders just looked like they were the more talented team. Also, what happened to the Saints defense? There's two things for the, the Saints. I think first, the, the defense was pretty good in the first half, but seemed to just drop off late on. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe John Gruden kind of figured them out. Maybe Josh Jacobs kind of ground them down over time. I think they can fix that. I think there's enough talent there that they can get back to where they, they, they can be. Like, uh, I think the bigger concern, obviously, is just Drew Brees. Like, there was a lot of talk. Like, he, there was only, um, in the second half, only, sorry, for most of the game, I think he only like two throws greater than six yards. Like, mm-hmm. we know it's a compressed offense. It has been for a while, but this was taking it to extreme mm-hmm. measures. Like, the, le- the level that they were leaning on Alvin Kamara to kind of carry the team with 176 yards in total is just, it's, it's a concern because Michael Thomas, in those intermediate, like, like six to like 15 yard area, he is absolutely lethal. He yeah, is, yeah. He gets separation nearly every single time. And that gives Drew Brees the confidence to do that. But when you're, when you're rolling out Traquan Smith and you're rolling out guys, um, like Emmanuel Sanders, you've got to change it up. And it doesn't, I don't know if Brees can do that anymore. So as a Saints fan, you have to be very, very worried about what this team looks like without Thomas to be just that automatic chain mover. A bit like Houston without Dondre Hopkins. Yeah. For Vegas, look, Vegas, you know, I don't know if they're the complete package right now, but they are a team that is kind of finding its identity of being a solid offense. Obviously, it runs through Jacobs, who had 100 y- over 100 yards. Waller is still their best receiver. Mm-hmm. But like they're getting decent productions out of a pretty motley crew of wide receivers. Like, Ruggs is kind of knocked up, so he didn't really do much in this game. But, you know, you have people like Zay Jones, like, showing up for a touchdown in this game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Brian Edwards, uh, they're, they're, they're rookie. It's a, it's an offense that's kind of it's a bit of a boring offense, yeah. but it gets the job done. And they have that really good offensive line to kind of push the push defensive line, bully mm-hmm. defensive lines, and get that make that work basically. And the defense, look, the defense isn't complete either, but it, it's solid enough. Yeah. I think I think they they recognize what 
New Orleans could and couldn't do, and they focused on that, and they did enough to get the game done. So yeah. for you know, the, the, like the Vegas Raiders, they come in, they win their first game in the in the new uh, Doom Dome, as I'll start calling it. It's like pitch black. I don't know what it looks like a Roomba. Yeah, it's a Roomba. The, the Roomba, Roomba in the desert. So like for for Vegas, it's a good start. I'm not sure if they're a complete uh, article yet, but they're obviously a team that's also building up over time as well. So unlike Houston, they 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 can actually have cap and trade picks which to improve going forward and you know maybe they can sneak into that seventh round everything goes right yeah so what we'll do is i think because we had a lot of injuries and stuff and we're going to roll that into the discussion we're just going to go straight on to the picks this week okay so first up we have miami at jacksonville for the start of thursday night football this is a pure hype game this is the one that i've been dying for we get Fitzmagic versus Minchu Mania. <laughs> this is like a this is like a, a proper kind of like hacksaw Jim Duggan takes on the ultimate wire kind of craziness. This is gonna be great. Like Yeah, what what's those like your middle middle like the middle belts, like the one the, the hardcore oh, belt or the Or the, the, the intercontinental yeah, title yeah, where you, you, know. get, you get a combo of flippers and heavy hitters. Look, these aren't your rocks or your Steve Austins, mm. but it's still gonna be a good crack and they're gonna, you know, no yeah. hold barred uh, type thing. But like look, I think we've both gone for Jacksonville, but uh like look Miami Miami are feisty. Yeah. Their offense looked a lot better last week than I was expecting. And like to be fair to Jacksonville, like they're doing really well right now but you know we're not quite willing to say that all these guys are going to be superstars going forward like you know James Robinson's been a nice surprise package for them yeah, so yeah. far at running back an undrafted free agent but uh, look Jacksonville if they go behind they'll still be in fun Miami they've also come behind though they didn't win out in the end uh, in week two and so yeah. it'll be I think it should be a fun game that's the main it'll thing. be good because like when, I, when you when you saw this before the season you know yeah. Thursday night football, Miami Jacks classic. Oh. Same, same, same as like Brian's Bengals last yeah. week. I was like, Ugh. and now I'm like, ooh, exciting. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so that'll be good crack. Next up, oh, I've got a lot less fun this one. San Francisco at the Giants. We've both gone for San Francisco. Look, they are like opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of team quality, but also San Francisco have a load of injuries. They got a load of those injuries on this pitch last week. So we'll see how many starters are actually left on San Francisco after this week. Yeah. I don't, I, I genuinely don't see any route for the Giants winning Saquon's gone yeah I, I, I just just don't be as bad as the Jets maybe yeah just, just, just be more impressive uh, Washington at Cleveland yeah so we've both gone for Cleveland I think in this game but you know like Washington have the, the personnel to, to disrupt that Cleveland plan that worked in, in Thursday Night Football if they can stop the run force the, the first game into I think Washington have a much better defense than they yeah. yeah no they've got a great defensive line so if they can stuff Chubb and Hunt put it on Baker there's a route for them to win this game but I think we saw enough from Cleveland in, in week two in Thursday Night Football that we're kind of willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And of course, like the Washington offense, even though Haskins has improved, is no world beater. So mm-hmm. we'll give the edge to Cleveland this one, but this could be an interesting game. No, of course. Raiders at New England. Uh, we both got for New England in this one. I was torn on this, but look, the vi- the Raiders have to travel. I think the Saints weren't up to much last week. I think, well, I think it was a good performance from the Raiders. I think it, a lot of it was also what was on show from the Saints. Yeah. I think this New England team with Cam are exciting. I think they're probably not sustainable as much as we'd like, yeah. but I think at this moment they probably can take it. They're at home. It's Bill Belichick. Like, I, 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 I'd side on their side, but I do think the weapons are there on the Raiders side that if they can get up then it could become very interesting because I'm not sure that the that the 
Patriots team is built to win from behind. Like they showed a bit against Seattle, but I said the defensive back issue probably helped mm. them there. And uh, I think this is two teams that probably want to get ahead, grind out the clock, lean on the run game. This I think will be important for the seventh seed decision. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, certainly, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I think Bill Belichick basically is why we're probably picking New England. And yeah, Cam Newton has looked good enough. I think we're we'll, we'll give them benefit home in Foxborough uh, for now. No, of course. Uh, Cincinnati at Philly. I've gone for Cincinnati. You've gone for Philly. Look, let's be honest. Philadelphia look terrible at the moment. Cincinnati have a lot of fun upside, but they're also probably, you know, Philly does have a good defensive line. Cincinnati don't have a good offensive line. This could be a recipe for disaster. In a game like this, I'm just going to pick the team that I would much, I'd much rather watch at the moment. Yeah. I'd much rather watch that Cincinnati offense and see what they do. This is their third game and they look great last week. Philly look like they have Pothoder on the way down unless some major changes in that offense. Miles Sanders is their only real hope, I think, in my head of them turning it around. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of going for Philly. A, because I think they're, they've got more talent overall. I think B, just because Philly have always been a team that's very up and down. And I think just in this situation with Cincinnati, they have a chance to, to get their... F- feet back under them like I think Philly look even when Philly is Philly terrible need a win, like. yeah, they need they definitely need a win and I think they're just a team that also we've seen them being very very inconsistent before maybe they can put it here together I think we're gonna spiral uh, Chicago at Atlanta how so tempted to change this as well we're both gone for Atlanta in this one yeah, so I think like we're probably mostly relying on the fact that Atlanta's offense has been incredibly explosive, got lots of points, and like Chicago's defense is is still good, but I don't think it's good enough to like take on this defense. And like you know, I don't really see Mitch Trubisky coming back from like twenty points, thirty no. points. So look, if Atlanta can just do what do what they do and score if lots they, of points, if they, if they just run last week's game plan, yeah, like I don't think that that Chicago team can make up the difference like no. other teams can. So yeah. That's all I need to do. Uh, Rams at Buffalo. We've both gone Buffalo. I... Yeah, it's a tough one. Like I don't know what to make of the Rams yet. Yeah, like they've been impressive so far, but not necessarily in a way that makes you think uh, they're going to dominate this year. Yeah. They kind of they kind of look a bit like the team that went to the Super Bowl, but just kind of a bit slower. Like they look, yeah, like slower and a bit softer, yeah. maybe even. Um, whereas this Buffalo team, I like. They got good, like you said, nice to see a good pass performance. They have the run game there. Their defense was my concern that they looked a bit suspect, but the big one as well is just never, never underestimate the Rams are traveling a big ass distance to get over to Buffalo, yeah. and traveling west to east is always. Yeah. But as long as they avoid the things that like San Francisco had, where I think like their MRI machine got busted oh, down on the way geez. down, and their their plane got disrupted when mm. it was coming down. But like Buffalo, I think what will be interesting if if Jalen Ramsey follows Stefan Diggs around or not. That could be an interesting battle in this. I think Buffalo will probably. I think both these teams will probably once again try to establish the run first and let that take the pressure off their quarterbacks. But you know, if it comes down to a shootout, I kind of I'm actually kind of come around to maybe trusting uh, young Josh Allen over I mean, Jared Goff right I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat as yourself on that one. Uh, well put, Tennessee at Minnesota. We both gone for Tennessee in this one. Look. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, Minnesota cannot be teams that are over 500. I don't think this Tennessee team is that great, but I think this Vikings team is goddamn awful at the moment. Yeah, they can establish their own game on them. They can pass on them. We saw a decent passing from them, even if it was inconsistent. I just don't trust the Minnesota team at all at the moment. Hopefully this will be their get-right game at home and they can show us something. But yeah. uh, And the Tennessee are a team that are not, you know... Insurmountable. Yeah. They might make work of it, but yeah. I think they'll have enough. To yeah, I think I think they'll do it though. Next up is oh, this is an interesting one. Houston and Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh, uh, I suppose the storyline will be Pittsburgh are on the way up and Houston are on the way down at the moment. But this is a spot where they can both figure out where they sit against each other. Yeah. Like, I think we just don't trust Houston right now. They've did, like they've, they've kind of mostly kept at, hand, like, at arm's length by both KC yeah. and Baltimore. And it's just a situation where, look, are Pittsburgh at that top two level yet? We definitely need to see. But Houston seems to kind of be the testing ground for proving that you're in the top end of the AFC. And... I think Pittsburgh's defense in particular, just the way that they've been shredding, I don't see Houston's offensive line uh, outside of Tunsil being able to handle that. So, so this is this if Deshaun Watson's running around enough, you can beat the Texans. This is my this is my idea for why I'm gonna I'm gonna make this one my my pick of the week, just because I think it's gonna be interesting to see how that mid table is gonna shake out in the in the SE. But I'm also gonna put big uh, big call on this one. I gonna say TJ Watt gets a minimum of four sacks in this game. <laughs> And I, th- I was actually going to set it four and a half, but I, th- I'll go four to be a bit safer. Okay. But I think, I think four and a half. I think, I think that's going to happen. I think they've got the defense, and he is a great quarterback. No, no, no word against that. Yeah. But he holds the ball an awful long time when someone's not free, and he keeps yes. thinking he's going to be good. And TJ Watt is awful fast. I wouldn't have like a, it's it's very aggressive number, but yeah, it's it's hard not to think he has. He, two, he had two and a half last week. Like yeah. I can see him getting four here, mostly because this guy literally will hold the ball for about three times as long. Next up, we have Carolina at the Chargers. Play Herbert should be a bit more intrigued to this. Look, Carolina are putting up a lot of empty yards in their games, but they're 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 doing that because they're behind and they're not good enough. Mm. But the run defense in particular is atrocious, and you're obviously coming up here with Joshua Kelly and and Austin Eckler. They will have a lot of yards probably in this yeah. game. They were a beautiful combo last week. Yeah. Man. So for Carolina, like I'm sure Carolina will, will completely fold in. I don't think they're a complete fold team, but they're not good enough to win games at the not moment. Not since Teddy's leg is anything completely folded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've both gone for the Chargers, and I think this might be a bit of a another bit of a blowout where Carolina might come, might make it look a bit better at the end. No, of course. Uh, Jets at Indianapolis. Jets are the worst team in football. So yeah, John and Taylor probably a lot more of him. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I've got a couple of mates who are Jets fans. Just like, just no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of the Colts. Like, but yeah. yeah, just Jets. No, not a chance. Indy for both of us there. Dallas at Seattle. This one is going to be fun. Comeback Kings from last week. Uh, they yeah. seem to get their mojo back because, like, because they from from week one when they entered into the like quarter one quarter two of that game I thought Jesus is this Dallas team just going to be is this that team yeah. and then the the second half of last week was like oh this looks a lot more like what I thought this team would look like yeah. so I think they're going to be rounding into that form coming into the game now to be, said, to be said we've both picked Seattle in this one because yeah. uh, you're at home and also Jesus Russ is on an MVP that's that's the kind of offense you're running at the moment. And the Dallas defense isn't great, and they have a couple of injuries. Um, how does your how does your linebacker core stack against? So as I said, they're now? they're going to bring in the rookie probably and, and start him. Um, it'll be interesting. Like they can also just put in more defensive backs. Who go Maddie might play more. So I think look, I don't think they'll be as good without Marquise Blair um, and without Bruce Irvin. But I think I don't think they were the two key. Like when to be honest, when I saw Bruce Irvin hurt. I was just hoping it wasn't Bobby Wagner or Jamal mm. Adams. Like I know that's, that's harsh, fair. but it, 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 like they are the keystones of this defense. Yeah. And look, look, Seattle 
as I say, they're not. This isn't your like Super Bowl winning Seattle team. Their defense isn't good enough to keep like to just close out games. So I expect that Russell Wilson will keep attacking, keep passing, keep using his big guys. Um, like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf will, will attack those defensive backs a lot. Yeah, and I expect them to have big games. They'll do a bit of running as well. But as I say, if you if, if people are afraid of the pass, then you can run. And I think Seattle have enough offensive talent that they can actually get this done. Like look, Dallas. We know they're a good team. They know they have the talent. They could certainly pull an upset here. They, they've done well against Seattle in the past, but I'm willing to give Seattle the boat race potential in this particular week. Uh, long may Russ Cook, basically. Yeah, also, I think they're at home. I think I think, I think, think what we'll end up is, I, I'm expecting this to be a very exciting game, and I think it's going to be pretty close towards the tail end of it as well. Uh, having said that, now someone will win by 20. Detroit at Arizona. Arizona yeah. by a country mile in my head. I don't think Detroit are good at all. Yeah, I think we're, uh, we had this down maybe talk about it a little bit, but now I'm looking at them like, actually, no, Arizona are going to beat the crap out of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, Detroit really are a bad team. Them. I'm like, sure, I, th- I, think, I think Detroit will get some good yard. They'll look good in the yeah. stat sheet because Arizona's defense is good at the front seven. It's not as good in the back end. And they'll, you know, they've got an arm, they've got some receivers, but yeah, Arizona yeah. are going to destroy them. I think we're coming around to the idea like there's some teams that are just empty. They're just nothing mm. right there. Detroit are quickly becoming a team like that until they get rid of yeah. attrition. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about my pick that they were going to be the, the sneaky bad. Yeah. Well, I had the Jets, so I had it, I have it easy yeah. already. Uh, so oh, then Tampa Bay at Denver to close out the late slate of games. Yeah. I was uh, so torn on this because I was, I was up in the air and I was like, no, there's too many. Yeah. Like, But then I had a brief resurgence where I heard that they'd signed Blake Bortles and like, <laughs> <laughs> Could Bortles come in and just ruin Brady's no, shit? No, because the Tampa the Bay crack. defense is perfectly capable of understanding how to beat defeat Blake Bortles. Yeah, they had James know, Winston. Uh, um, look, we're going for Tampa Bay because they have a really good defense. Denver are you know injured, hurt at the moment. They're relying on Jerry Judy to like in terms of the like in terms of the pass game. Melvin Gordon and is basically all of their run game. So like, look, I think Tampa Bay are in a better situation. Touchdown, Tom hasn't really impressed so far but I think overall assuming that they don't get like uh, they don't get like they don't get altitude sickness I think Tampa Bay should have enough here to get over in Denver yeah. in my life like I think the thing is I do think that the Denver offense could work quite well given another week they probably bet in like because they did that like the, the Pittsburgh defense is a lot better than the than the uh, Tampa Bay defense and they were still putting up points against them I think it's a question of how good is this Denver defense still and can because Brady was always pretty good at dealing with them but like I, I still side with Tampa Bay but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's as one-sided as maybe you're suggesting I think there's I think there's a chance for Denver and I say there's a divisional rival who doesn't want to say that for you if their starting quarterback wasn't out I think I would be picking Denver instead uh, Green Bay and New Orleans this is your pick of the week yeah I suppose it's kind of it loses a bit of traction because uh, New Orleans lost against uh, the Vegas Raiders and uh, it's a situation where look like I think New Orleans it was a bad game for them things struggled they look good early it just seems things kind of came very inconsistent and unable like I don't think Mike Thomas is going to be back he has a brain that they're thinking is probably more of a four-week injury he's hyping himself up that he can get it done but we saw with Saquon last year even if he does it probably won't be the same so I think Green Bay you know Devontae Adams is healthy he had a small knock they don't really like you know MVS has had a couple of really good plays and then a couple of absolute awful drops against the uh, uh, against uh, in basically with no pressure on him so you know will Green Bay choose to lean on Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones 
I think Rodgers will probably be more important in this game. And I think, you know, Devontae Adams will get a lot of uh, luck here. So, look, Green Bay are a team that's in better form. They look like a team that's fired up in various different ways. And New Orleans look like a team that's still full of good players, but maybe has lost a bit of the spark that they had. So, I think we're both going to go for Green Bay, but it should be yeah. a very interesting football game regardless. I, I think, think uh, New Orleans aren't a bad team. I think they can still put a fight up here. I think the Michael Thomas absence is very badly felt in this one. Oh, yeah. What would have been a much more kind of tightly contested, I think that might be now whether whether the game script runs there's a big points difference, I think this would be a much tighter game in that spot. I've just made a last second change. We have our Monday Night Football, Kansas City at Baltimore. I was picking Baltimore. I think I probably still should pick Baltimore, but I'm gonna go KC because why the fuck not? We've also we've only disagreed on one of the picks so far yeah. this week, so I thought we needed to uh to, to add Might as well pick your team in. Okay. Baltimore I think, good. We, uh, very good. <laughs> I think I think our offense can work against them. I think their offense can work against us. Like I'm, I'm not quite pushed. Like some people are saying that they've taken a step above where they were last year, Baltimore. I'm, I'm not, not quite seeing that yet, yet. especially on offense. Like no. I think I think what I think they're right that Lamar is showing a more complete game so far. But I don't know if no. I don't know if that's because he's been forced to do so because teams are keying in on stopping what he was so good at last year, yeah. or if that's just them deliberately trying to you know diversify their offensive portfolio basically. And the defense looks a bit better, but I think that the idea that it's taken this being elite, I'm not quite ready to give them that stuff. Like if they can shut down KC, yeah, then I'm willing to say Clay as Campbell and the other changes have changed things, but. You know, we'll definitely see in this game whether they're yeah. at that level yet. Of now, course, KC haven't been quite where they were last no, year. No, we weren't. Uh, I will say I've been thinking, and I don't know if it's two glasses of wine or whether it's uh, just me finally figuring out some of this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think basically uh, the last times we played Baltimore, even though the scoreline is flatter to say it was close, we actually fucked them up that it was completely like crazy last second Hail Mary throws that have put them within a score of us. Adi Reid has an extra day or so to prep on this one and he's normally very good in those spots. And I've just realised maybe one of the mistakes we made against that Chargers team is that he was looking past it and was actually prepping for this game instead of prepping for what we thought was going to be a walkover. Kansas City offence will match up well against their defence. I think it'll be a proper test for Lamar because what we're probably going to do is start filling all the centre a lot of box coverage because when he throws to the outside he's far less good at that now our problem is that with injuries we don't have the we don't have the the manpower at the kind of cornerback edge that we would like to have but I think we're going to put it to them uh, we're travelling yeah. but look do you know what fuck it that sounds like that they might have to lean on Hollywood Brown in theory to get they are the and then the question is because the thing is we're not going to we're not going to faint Honey Badger over towards him, so it's presumably yeah he's going to be killing. He's, he's going to be Andrew's right in the box, out. killing shit. So it's going yeah. to have to be uh, it's going to have to be probably the second year coming over the top and covering him. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, but we'll see, we'll see. I am going to go with KC because fuck it. I think maybe the maybe the the, the slowness to adapt was that they were just completely trap gaming themselves with that Chargers game. Like Baltimore, look, look. They're a great team, and yeah, both yeah. both these are great pre- teams. Preseason, preseason. This is the team that uh, this is the loss that I had on our schedule that we'd end up with the same record, but that we'd lose them here. So I'm going against everything I planned in advance. Damn you, wine! But uh, <laughs> I uh, I wholeheartedly believe in Casey now. Han Casey, yeah, any crack with yourself? Obviously, uh, I'm I'm here tonight, but any crack for the weekend or anything? Yeah. Much of football, probably, but uh, yeah, not too much. Like at work right now, we're doing a few like interviews and stuff like that. But otherwise, just in research mode, and uh, yeah, in terms of social stuff, I suppose with the numbers going the way they are, we'll probably. I think we're trying to be hanging on our own for a while. Yeah, probably get into. Obviously, we're not in Dublin, thankfully. 
Lovely mm. Cork by the banks of Lee, all that, etc., etc., uh, in Cork. But uh, yeah, if the weather could not be this shit for a while, that'd be nice as well. Yeah, we got a bit of family stuff up in Kerry to get up to. So, uh, happy birthday. I know they don't listen, so it's kind of irrelevant to the twins. Married sisters, the twins who both uh, turned 30 yesterday. So, we're doing a bit of a small get together for them uh, in the family home on Saturday. And uh, it should be should be lovely all together. Be great, crack. But uh, apart from that, just relaxing, watching a bit of football, and uh, yeah, good stuff. You gonna stay up on uh, Monday nights? Ah, (laughs) (laughs) the eternal, the eternal question. No, what I'm gonna do is I'm coming down here, and I don't know if you'd be interested. I'm coming down here to Cork on Tuesday. Okay. And what I'm thinking is, I'll be down kind of afternoon time. What we could do on the Tuesday evening is. We could all sit in and things. Oh, I suppose we have to do the podcast at that point, don't we? Yeah. I can say we could sit in, we could well, save we could the game. The, we, could, we could watch the condensed version. We could the 40 sit minute in version. watch the condensed version and then we could do the podcast or something. But uh, I was actually thinking what we could do is on the Tuesday night, we, well, could, like, we, could, we, we could just avoid the score for the day and then just watch it. But, well, uh, I assume given uh, the, the situation next week, we have a special uh, guest. Uh, I think we might do. Yeah. We might be able to bring in so, some special guests, but we'll see. We won't, we won't confirm or deny anything <laughs> yet, but hopefully hopefully we'll have a special it's guest. It's called teams, uh, you see. But yeah, no, uh, it should be, should be good crack. So I suppose for now, that's bye from me, bye from Fitz. Bye. This has been All Four Quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you next week.